Welcome to the Dietitian Collaborative Podcast. I'm Celestina, a chef, dietitian, and total foodie. Each week, I chat with another awesome RD so we can learn a bit more about how diverse our profession really is and how much we can benefit from collaborating with fellow RDs. What's up, my fellow RDs? Quick life update. So we are in week two of the Dietitian Collaborative Mastermind, and if you guys haven't heard about this, it's a very small exclusive mastermind that I've created for dietitians who are in private practice, who want more, who want to really find their superpowers and their uniqueness and use that to create a source of residual income that not only feels good to them, but something that their clients are going to love and something that is super unique. Again, using that superpower. We're like two weeks in and I have a bunch of badass ladies in this group. And it just so happens that they're all ladies. I mean, I know that there are the unicorn RD dudes out there. Nothing against you guys. I just happen to have all ladies in this group and they are a bunch of badasses. It is so energetic when we come together and brainstorm and mastermind and use this collective brain versus just the mind of the guru, right? Like that's the difference between a mastermind and a business coach. Everyone's kind of on this equal playing field and we all have something amazing to contribute because we all have different experiences and we all think differently and it's just so freaking awesome, guys. So I just needed to share that and give those ladies a shout out because it has been such a blast getting to know them and get a little hippy dippy too. So I may not have mentioned it on here, but I try and mention on almost all of my other social platforms is embracing human design. I'll talk more about this in my bonus episode coming out really soon, so stay tuned for that. But human design is kind of a personality test, but also really not at all because it's based on inherently who you are. And it's it's something that you can harness to really embrace your uniqueness, really embrace who you truly are and make something awesome with it. So I'll go into more detail um, in that episode, but I've incorporated that into this mastermind and that has been transformational for these ladies to really understand basically what makes them tick and how they can use that to really embrace their uniqueness and make their private practice, their quote unquote jobs, something that they really, really, really enjoy, like even more so than before. I will be doing more masterminds in the future, so stay tuned for that. I'll probably be opening my wait list here for the next round in just a couple of weeks, so stay tuned for that too. But in the interim, let's have another fantastic conversation with another freaking awesome dietitian because if you surround yourself with people who are also open-minded and who also want to collaborate, that's what you attract. More freaking awesome RDs. So today I have Jessie Holden on. She is a registered dietitian. She's also a self-trained chef, lover of food, and I'm super excited for you guys to listen to this conversation today because it's really a reflection on how much you can do when you embrace your superpowers, even if that wasn't your first choice when you became an RD, how that journey can take so many different directions and really lead you on the path that you're supposed to be on. Jesse Holden, welcome to the podcast. This is the Thank Dietitian you. Collaborative, and I'm super stoked to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here too. All right. Well, before we learn a little bit more about you, let's dive into the three questions that are going to tell us basically everything that we need to know. First off, what is your bucket list travel destination? I would love, love, love to go to Ireland. 
I have always wanted to go. And, you know, I think it's mainly because, like, in movies I've seen, like, the beautiful rolling hills or the castles or whatever. But it just looks it just looks gorgeous, and it looks like one of the best, like, getaways I could ever have. I'm not a beach person. I mean, I like the water and the beach, but I'm not like, oh, let's go lay on the beach and see the ocean. That's cool. Yeah. I am scared of the oceans, so <laughs> I'd rather go somewhere, like, somewhere like Ireland. I think that'd be where I want to go. Nice. Bring a rain jacket and you'll be set. Yes, exactly. I don't mind the rain. I'm good with it. <laughs> all right. Second, what is your favorite food of all time? Oh my gosh. I, I bread pudding. Like I mm. will if a restaurant has bread pudding on their dessert menu, I will always order it. And I won't maybe I won't even get a meal because I, I want the bread pudding. Like it is my favorite and I've made a couple myself and they're okay it's something I'm still like working on perfecting but um man that is just that's my favorite food of all time it's a dessert but it's my favorite food so interesting uh (laughs) tip for bread pudding from culinary school undercook it just a wee bit more than you think okay yeah I gotta try that that's you know that's funny you say that because a friend of mine is a um, a baker by trade and she her brownies always turn out like incredible and she's like you just don't you cook them like five to seven minutes under and then they keep cooking and then they're like doughy I'm like oh so I gotta use that trick for bread pudding then yeah and like brioche bread Mm. yes (laughs) okay so maybe I just love bread but I just love like the chewing like oh yeah I want bread pudding now (laughs) all right and then final probably most important question coffee or cocktails I you know Gosh, I, I wanted to say cocktails at first when, when we were and I was thinking about that because I, I love cocktail, a good cocktail. Yeah. I don't like a cocktail if it's just like boring. <laughs> like I, I, I will pay like I will pay for a really well made cocktail that I can just sip and enjoy. But you know, right now it's chilly out here. I live in Michigan, so it's it's kind of chilly mornings and like my morning coffee is not about waking me up. It's about like that warmth and comfort and so I right now I'm just gonna have to say coffee. Okay, that's fair. I feel like there's yeah. a drink for every season, literally. Yeah. So it's totally and, fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And cocktails are always great, but um honestly I'm more of a beer person. So I will probably almost always order a beer over a cocktail, depending on where we go. Okay, totally fair. I'm on board with that too. I get it. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we've explored food, carbs in different forms, let's dive in a little bit to your dietitian journey. I would love to know a little bit more. Yeah. So I've been a dietitian now for a little over eight years. I started out working for a community organization and I was teaching cooking classes actually, and they were for, uh, it was a SNAP-Ed grant funded program in the U.S. So it was for those who were using food stamps or who had some food insecurity. So I would go, it was the best. I I had a travel kitchen. So I had like a cooler on wheels. I had a bin on wheels with like a skillet, pots, pans, knives, cutting boards, the works. And then I would have sometimes like a toaster oven strapped on top of that. And I would like wheel it around um, Muskegon County where I was working and where I live. And I would be going into different like churches, libraries, schools, just community organizations, basically anywhere that could give us plugs and tables and a sink, hopefully, to clean up afterwards. We would be teaching like basic cooking classes, basic nutrition. And 
you know, I was teaching people things like how to chop an onion, how to cook meat, how to use ground beef or turkey. And the cool thing was, is that anybody who was in those classes got to take home the ingredients to make the main entree at home. Oh, that's cool. Um, so I was also putting together like grocery bags and grocery bags and grocery bags of the same meal. So I've made some of those meals like a million times, but they, it was just, it was a really fun way to start as a dietitian. And then I transitioned actually out of that for a lot of different reasons, but I went into uh, work with a rehabilitation hospital in Michigan and I worked in inpatient and I really focused on spinal cord injury patients and I did a lot of just inpatient work, but also a lot of education with them and did a lot of studying as far as what nutrition is really important how nutrition, I guess, plays a role in spinal cord injuries and post that acute and then chronic condition of it. And uh, so that was really, that's been a really cool kind of unique experience. I don't know tons of dietitians that work with that, but I I love it. And I love the group I was with. And so I did, I transitioned into outpatient there because I started just as like maternity coverage and then worked my way up to full-time. And actually now I've like worked my way back to like very, very part-time with them, (laughs) even though I still love it. And now I've decided to open my own business where I can get back to what I really love. And that's teaching people how to cook and do so with an intuitive eating spin. So yeah, it's been a very interesting eight years. I originally, I thought I was going to, my goal was to work for like the American Ballet Company. Oh wow! <laughs> like, I wanted to do sports nutrition and I've danced my whole life. So I was like, I'm going to do dance nutrition. This is it. And I've not even touched that thought. I love dance. <laughs> I still do. And I'll do like little like seminars and stuff, but I, I never worked to that goal. That's not what I do anymore. <laughs> wow. I love that. One, your skill stacking. I feel like mm-hmm. I've said that in almost every episode this season, but like, oh, that's awesome. Skill stacking is super key. I think as an RD to just give us something different, right? Like we're all super mm-hmm. different. So one skill stacking, super cool. Spinal cord injury. I didn't even know that was like a niche in the clinical world. So that's super yeah. cool. Uh-huh. And three, isn't it crazy sometimes? Like you think you're going to go into one direction and then, I don't know, your journey just takes you on a completely different journey direction. <laughs> yeah. I, I just remember in school thinking like, and because I was working on a minor in dance. So I was like, these two go perfectly together and I dance my whole life. So of course I'm just going to go in that one direction. But I was also an RA in college, like almost wow. the whole college experience. I was an RA or like living in the dorms. And it was, I loved it because it, I wasn't that way in high school and I liked being kind of more of a leader. And then it really kind of taught me being an RA like that, the whole point of me being an RA, at least in the dorm I was in, was to create a community and to create a sense of security for anybody living in my hallway. And it just felt very cool to create a community. And then I realized quickly after college, when I got my first job, that that's actually what I was doing as a dietitian was creating community. And that's, I mean, I think that's what you do too, through these collaborations is you create this network and a community of people so that others can learn from each other. It's, it's amazing. Girl, yes. Okay, that was point number one. Fantastic piece of knowledge <laughs> dropped. Right. Okay, so sticking with that, I would love to know how you've taken that and turned it into your practice of working one-on-one with clients, incorporating food, incorporating intuitive eating into it. Tell me a little bit about how you've rolled community and all of that into one nice little package. 
Yeah, right. Well, little bow on it. It's nice. <laughs> you know, it's it's still evolving in a lot of ways. But what I'm doing is I, I started just seeing people one on one, actually, right after I had my son. So that was about 19 months ago. I mean, I've been seeing people one on one, but not through my own business. So as I started seeing people one on one, I was noticing patterns of like, I'm saying the same things over and over again to people. And something I really I really focus on in my one-on-ones aside from just um, unlearning dieting because that's what a lot of people I work with want to work on and they want to work on having a healthier relationship with food. They want to they want to eat in a way that feels normal, doesn't feel restricted. And really when I kept thinking about these conversations, a lot of it would come back to the practicality of like, okay, that's nice information, but how do I actually cook that? <laughs> how do I actually make food taste you know, really well so that I get satisfying meals. How do I afford that? And I'm just finding like, because I'm saying those same things to my same individual clients, I was like, you know, I'm just, I need to create a course around this. So now I'm working and find like finalizing my online course where I'm hopeful that people will take it and be able to come together and have a support group. So it'll be a course for some people if they don't want group, because that's not for everybody. Yeah. They can they can take it on their own, take it at their own pace. But I'll launch it for three-month segments where I will work with them and do additional like group support and additional cooking support and, and just hopefully like get people feeling more excited in the kitchen. I just find that dieting kind of ruins people's kitchens. I have had so many people tell me like, I don't want to go in my kitchen. I hate it. I'm so frustrated. I, you know, my, no, no, my family doesn't eat my food. That's a, I mean, those are the barriers you're working with when people are trying to like shift their relationship with food. It's, those are real life. Like there's the internal things and the experiences people have had, but then there's like the day-to-day practicality of nutrition and cooking and preparing food you know, three, at least three meals, hopefully maybe three meals a day ish, depending on the person, 365 yeah. days a year for, I don't know, 80, Ever? 90, 100 years, you know, yeah, it's like you're doing this for a long time. So the easier we can make it for people, like the better. Yeah. I think you and I are in the same school of thought there, simplifying mm-hmm. food, making it flavorful, making it accessible. I think it was a couple of weeks ago, you maybe more now podcast world (laughs) Uh, but you like legit showed your fridge to the world and Mm -hmm. I feel like I think this is a fun topic because as RDs like people think that we have these like fridges full of vegetables and no processed things ever and I think I think that that's a fun conversation to have with clients like just be real, man. Like I have frozen pizza in my freezer and it is what it is. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I I think that's something I want out of the community aspect is I want people to just feel confident and okay with the food in their fridge because it's going to be there anyway, most likely. I hate when you like Pinterest or Google, like a fridge image and all you see, or you could Google even like a dietitian fridge and it'll show like this immaculate clean, like all this fresh stuff growing in it. And I'm just like, hell no. Like I've got, I've got milk. I've got almond milk. I've got flavored green tea. I've got mixers for my alcoholic drinks. Mm-hmm. And I've got like a dirty vegetable drawer, which, you know, houses fruits and veggies. Cause I, I just, I can't stand like 
I can't stand the difference between those drawers. They really just annoy me. So I just put whatever I want in there and adjust as needed. But I'm not super, I'm organized in a way that works for me. And I think that's something else that people need in, in their fridges. They need to see normalcy. They need to see real life. And they need to see that all foods can fit. And so, yeah, that's why I wanted to just put it out there. And I polled people when I did that. I was like, is this helpful? Like, do you want to see my fridge? And everyone's like, yes. <laughs> I was like, Ah, all right. Like that's good. I like I do like having the feedback and knowing that something's helpful. Yeah, definitely. I would love your take on this because I think you and I are similar in our way of thinking about food. Is like what would you suggest to an RD who maybe doesn't cook? Like what could she recommend doing to her or doing for her clients to mm-hmm. help simplify making it easier for them without yeah. physically showing them how to cook? Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I definitely know one resource I'll share in a minute, but I I think even just telling them like and building their confidence up about the foods that they're currently eating, because they likely are using things that are quote unquote processed, which is most foods. So hopefully give them a boost of confidence that whatever they're doing is right for them right now. And they can always, they can either always improve cooking skills, they can build confidence, but they've got to do it in like a compassionate, non-judgmental way. Because I just find like, I think that's great advice for any RD to give to their client is to help their client see like that the more judgment you put on yourself, the less motivated you are to make changes or learn new things. So like learn and give yourself unconditional compassion. But I know you have a resource that I think RDs should just send their clients to because, yeah, you don't always have time to address like the individual internal things going on and the external and the need to cook. So like delegate, right? I honestly think that's a skill not all dietitians have because they kind of want to do it all for their client. And it's okay to delegate, delegate to you, delegate to me. Like we can all help people if we give them our individual skill set and kind of know what we can and can't help with. Yeah. Okay, guys, real talk. I didn't tell Jesse to say that. No, she didn't. No, <laughs> not at all. It's just I love Chelsea and I, I like her resources and I think what she's doing great. So that's just legit coming from me. She did not pay me, slip me anything to say that. That's, um, those are my thoughts. Thanks, girl. I yeah. think I think you also brought up another way, though, like collabing with other RDs who have another strong suit, right? Like we don't have to learn everything. You can delegate mm-hmm. and that's what makes us all special, guys. We're each a snowflake. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I bet some people are like, Ugh. but I love it because I think it's true. And I, I think it is important to delegate. I think, you know, I have clients that I have like worked with for a really, really, really long time. Like I'm talking like five, six years now. And while wow. I love that, I'd also like them to feel like they don't need me, like they can build up skills with another person. And I know it's good. I mean, there's good, there's pluses and minuses to that, I think, right? Like I want to help people feel like they can go out and get it and that I can hopefully build up their foundational skills. And then maybe let's say they like my cooking program and then they, they want more. I'm not a chef, so I'm not going to give them maybe like the advanced skills and things like that. But now they have the confidence to go take a cooking class at like a local Sirla table or something like that, or or any or an yeah. online cooking class. I I hope that I hope that people delegate because you I don't know you really shouldn't try to do it all for your clients. You have to know your skills and know that somebody else could build up that person's confidence in a different way. Yeah, definitely. And I think this is a this is a really good point. I think as RDs we think that like 
we need a VA or we need like another RD like within our practice mm-hmm. specifically to be able to do that. But you don't like guys, if you have a referral program or if you're working with an RD who has a referral program and like they can help you out with like a certain aspect of it, like you can always figure out a way to like feel compensated for the work that you're sharing in mm-hmm. some way, shape or form, you know, like it doesn't have to be this, I don't know, there's fluidity. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. No, there is fluidity. It's just, it's just navigating in what way does it work best for you and your clients and collaborating, I think shows your clients too, that like you trust someone else to give advice. And I think they need to know that there are other people, whether it is an RD or a chef or a doctor, if you're helping them find a new doctor, like you want to amplify voices. You don't want to make it sound like you're the only person that could possibly understand them and work with them. I don't, I don't, I know some people like that and it's, that's their thing. That's fine. But I just, I don't think that's very helpful for the long term. Preach. (laughs) Yeah. I I had like one person in my mind as I was thinking about that. I'm like, man, I hope she hears this. (laughs) She probably won't because she's got her own voice. That's fine. But yeah, I don't know. I think that's important. All right. So since we're on the topic of collaboration, how do you like to collaborate with fellow RDs? And are there any RDs in specific niches that you're looking to collaborate with? Yeah, to be honest, what I'm just starting to do, I've got a couple of these scheduled out is I am doing just some free cooking demos for RDs clients. So one reached out to me, she specializes in PCOS. And she's She's like, hey, like, I think it'd be really fun to collaborate and like have you go live in my Facebook group and share your skills with my clients. And I was like, yes, absolutely. That sounds great. So once that came up, I was like, I'm just going to start putting this out there as a thing I can do. And right now I am, you know, just kind of doing it for free to amplify their voice, my voice, everything. And I, I love cooking and I'm doing it all the time. So it's fun for me. Um, but eventually I'll probably work on building that into my practice so that I can collaborate. But kind of like you said, you get that compensation back. But if it builds up people's confidence in my work, maybe they work with both of us. So it's kind of a win-win. Yeah, yeah totally. Mm-hmm. I love that. So are you looking for any specific niches to to do that with? Are there any people that you want to talk to specifically? You know, honestly, anything. I'm I'm open to whatever niche because I just think I think cooking falls into every single one. Um, I won't tell them like, I'm the expert in everything. I can cook whatever, <laughs> but I can't work with them. And like, so the example I was giving the girl who, um, she works specifically with people with PCOS. And so she has actually a cookbook. So I'm going to take one of her recipes and demo it just to build up people's skills on cooking, but that promotes her book, but that promotes, you know, helping people learn the cooking skills to apply. Cause I also think when, somebody has a certain condition or chronic disease or whatever it is, like what people most see on the internet is what to eat, what not to eat. And so then they're like, Oh, so I should never eat this. So, but shoot, I cook that every week. Like now what? (laughs) Yeah. I saw a post the other day that was like, no, no fruit for PCOS. I was like, this is such wrong messaging. Oh God. Yeah. That's, and you know, actually that's a kind of a fun thing I'm hoping to bring into any cooking demo I do is busting some myths because if people have watched me do a cooking demo, usually I, I'm self-proclaimed. I think I'm hilarious, but I try to make it, I try to make it like fun and lighthearted because like cooking is to me, I'm sure there's some people who don't feel this way, but it's supposed to just be like, 
fun and enjoyable and you learn as you go, you burn as you go. Like you just, you have to keep it fun, but you have to keep it scientific too and tell them like, no, there are no like bands of fruit in PCOS or any condition. Like, yeah, unless you're allergic to it. Like, oh, I can't stand that. I have so many people getting told to stop eating bananas and carrots. And I'm just like, I don't understand society. Guys, bananas and carrots never did anything to you. I know. Right, except help you go to the bathroom. For real, fiber. Right, man. Yeah, when is like the fiber promotion fad diet gonna get into play? Like that's the one I'm waiting for. When all of a sudden, like it'll be a fad diet, but it'll be like finally fiber is rejoiced. You heard it, legume council. You need to you need to figure it out. Okay, well, that was fun. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jesse, where can other RDs find you? What's the best way to get in touch with you to collaborate with you? Yeah, you know, I think the best way is Instagram because I'm on there so much. I am at the Intuitive Kitchen RD. You can also email me, the Intuitive Kitchen RD at Gmail, and you can go to my site, theintuitivekitchen.com. Any way you can find to get a hold of me, and I'd be happy to collab. Look at that branding. I know. It's like, I'm working on it. Universal across the line. Man, I love geeking out with Jesse about food. And how appropriate is it that while I'm editing this episode, I'm drinking a beer? So appropriate. I love it. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, you probably didn't listen to the episode very well. So go back to like the first three minutes where Jesse told us about her favorite beverage, whether it was coffee, cocktails, or perhaps craft beer. Who knows? So I know Jesse and I have a lot in common when it comes to food, simplifying it for people, and our mindsets. However, we still collaborate. So this is a great example that even if you know an RD in your scope who does something very similar to you, there's still an opportunity for collaboration because you're going to vibe with someone who may not vibe with them or vice versa. And that person can be a client or that person can be a referral to someone that you know as well. So think about that when you are attempting to or starting to collaborate with fellow dietitians. It doesn't have to be that far off from what you already know and love. All right, guys, quick recap. One, as RDs, we can create community so that others can learn from each other. Two, Fellow RDs can help their clients build cooking skills by one, reassuring them that whatever they're doing right now is right for them, and two, encouraging them that when they do begin to learn cooking skills, do so in a non-judgmental way. Three, develop your delegation skills as an RD. It's okay. You really shouldn't try to do it all for your clients. And on that note, guys, just one more reminder to collaborate with a fellow dietitian this week. Maybe you want to collab on a reel, maybe you want to collab on a post, or even do a live together. Reach out to a dietitian who's maybe following you on Instagram who you've never chatted with before. That's a great opportunity to start a conversation, hop on an Instagram DM live video thing, and genuinely have a conversation with them to learn more about their business, to learn maybe if you can pass them referrals. That's something I'll be talking about a little bit more in the future of how RDs can pass referrals to one another and really use a network rather than trying to take it all on ourselves. Keep your notifications on for upcoming episodes. There is a bonus episode dropping real soon, so I don't want you to miss that. So make sure that you are subscribed and listen to the Dietitian Podcast bonus episodes and every weekly episode. So until next time, guys, ciao.